This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay. This is a little loud. That's okay. <laughs> this is the Yay where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Oh, yay. <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring the Yay, as well as our consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a full house. We have Richard Jennings of Musical Cafe. We have Greg Beatty. Is it Beatty? Yep. Excellent. I'm always screwing up names. You got that one <laughs> Baby right. Beatty, Beatty. Perfect. <laughs> and Ray Christensen. Hello. Gentlemen, how are you? How's everybody doing? Great. great. Everything's great. Three for uh, three. You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, these are not complicated names, and uh, you two are creatives. Uh, uh, Ray Christensen, you have written The Legend of the Werewolf. Yes. And uh, Greg, you have written the very last one, An Only Highly Endangered Mountain Lion in Pennsylvania. Oh, that was fun. Oh, I remember. I loved that. That was fun. <laughs> Which Norman participated in a reading. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. All righty. So, um, well, how are we doing this Saturday? I mean, uh, it's is this, uh, is this your first time being on a podcast? Mine is, yeah, for me. Me too. Yeah. Awesome. And Richard. I was here before. Richard's You were here before. Old As a matter of fact, you were. Let me pull up uh, my little blurb here. Rich always has his notes. <laughs> I do. I do. When it when it operates correctly. You know, this is my first time using my iPad. But in any case, Richard, I think you were on episode, I want to say 174. Um, but in any case, you were, as a matter of fact, you were on, it was January, no, it was November of 2020. Just before uh, the Everything election, right? Yeah, the election. Yeah. No, I think it was a little after that because mm-hmm. we were online. Oh, we, on, yeah, on, we were on, on Zoom. Yeah, it was you okay. and Jamie Greenblatt, and right. uh, yeah, there was an election. Biden was elected. We thought, okay, well, transition to power. Everything's going to be Ooh, great. Here we go. Uh, not really. <laughs> Still there. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It is a little crazy. Well, before we get into that, Norman, as I begin every podcast, how was your week? And my week was. I don't know. I'm fighting with unemployment. I keep fighting with unemployment. Mm. So technology is supposed to help us, right? And they say, if you call, you never get a human being. You get some message. And they said, or go to our website and it will help you. I got a human being. And she said, well, can we go to the website? So I pulled the website up on my laptop. And I said, okay, I got it. And she said, okay, so fill in this stuff. And I'm filling in stuff. And I get to a page and I'm like... I don't know where to find this information. She says, what's that? And I said, well, for an employer, I had a quick, short job, and I wanted to report it. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, uh, no, it should just say the address. You should have to put down the address and the contact information. I'm like, I'm looking at a screen that tells me they want state ID information. Where do I find that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can call those people and ask them. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, do yeah, wonder yeah, about yeah. customer service. I mean, especially in the age of uh, you know of AI and mm-hmm. also digital media. I mean, I'm fighting as well because I I have my little retirement benefits thing, and I've transitioned from one oh, right. county, yes. San Francisco, to Oakland, and they should transfer my retirement benefits from one plan to the other. I've been at the new job for about four months now. It still hasn't happened. Uh-oh. So it's it's just, and of course, talking to somebody on the phone, it's like, well, can you talk to this? Can you talk to that? You know, one right. of the good old days, of course, we're of that age, all of us, where mm-hmm. we remember customer service and they would actually help us out. We can actually mm-hmm. get a live person. So wouldn't that these, be nice? You know, these prompts and all of that stuff. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my big headache this week. And yeah. Oh, and the best news this week. So I also had to register my car, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, and I had to get a smog check. 
So I always go to my mechanic, and my mechanic drives away, and he comes back and says, here's the paperwork, and my wife is like, well, you could pay a lot less, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. This one, it's not one of those, oh, it didn't pass, you can come back and do it for free after you go to your mechanic. I'm like, no, I go to my mechanic, whatever the problem is, he takes care of it right then, my smog passes. But he tells me this time, think your catalytic converter is going. And he starts searching for one for me, and he's like, uh, it's going to be like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500. Oh, no. Ouch. I was like, uh. <clears throat> but he said, but I think I can do something. So he, I don't know what he did. He did something. <laughs> Brought it in a lot less than that. And I got it home, and my wife's like, and you got it? It's not registered. I still have to go to DMV, but the smog is done. And that's computerized now, so it just goes straight from them yeah. to things. So I'm like, oh, I got like $41 I got to pay to get my car registered and so yeah. so some technology is okay <laughs> yeah yeah. I always worry about the, the hidden expenses you you save a little bit of money and you're like okay great I can hold on to this and then all of a sudden something happens mm-hmm. and you, it just goes right back out again yeah. yeah I would never have gotten as far as I've gotten with Legend of the Werewolf if it weren't for the technology we have today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because, yeah, when I first started writing music, you took a piece of staff paper. Mm-hmm. You penciled in your ideas. Yep. You erased. You changed. And when you finally got something you like, you took another piece of staff paper and then you inked it. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, orchestrations and so forth would take yeah. literally years. Scoring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and we will talk definitely about scoring because I've had to transition. I remember working uh, when I was part of the musical cafe uh, when I had to do Nia. Because I, no, I, I took a couple of music theory classes uh, when I was at uh, NYU. And it was all paper. You know, you just scored it and yeah. you did it. You, you know, you got the line paper and all that stuff. And now you get you deal with programs like um, oh shucks I'm trying to think of them uh, Sibelius Sibelius is the one I use yeah right exactly but yeah. there are a couple of others as well yeah. Yeah. but it's very very hit and miss where you know you just can't get things exactly the way you, well, that you want it well seven ways to do it and you just got yeah. through the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right one. Richard if you can move a little clo- just a little yes. closer okay. yeah th- yeah you're absolutely right yeah and oh. converting your audio files to a MUS file or um, right. oh yeah right. uh, and then having the program convert it and then making whatever or you can just say screw it let me just yeah. <laughs> pencil it all in yeah. yeah but it looks pretty when it's done <laughs> yes it is it yeah, much you, neater yes I found out that you do have to do a lot of you have to cross check things a lot because actually the, the way that I write there's a lot of tonal change there's a lot of harmonic shifting that's going on mm-hmm. and generally I do the note input by just uh, hitting keys on the keyboard mm-hmm. and Sibelius will say oh okay so you want this note and then you look at it and you've got this staff that's full of sharps and flats and it's right. just this ridiculous enharmonic nightmare so you have to go through and you make it mm-hmm. you have to go through it again to make sure that it's readable by a musician right. <laughs> Right, exactly. And to illustrate what you're talking about, we're going to play one of your musics right now. This is Eyes of the Full Moon. Yes. Uh, Let's play it. I'm going to... I'll 
tone that down. This is Eyes of the Full Moon. And that's you singing, is that right? It is, yes. Wow, that is fantastic. Thanks. And that is from your, uh, this is the Werewolf. Um, Legend of the Werewolf, yeah. 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 No, it's fantastic. And I can hear all of those key yeah. changes and tonal changes. And it's very difficult. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, 4 4 3 4 and, and switches. And yeah, it actually switches into 5 4 a lot. <laughs> right. Because yeah, I, used, I used 5 4 in this because of the, uh, the five pointed star that's associated with the werewolf wow. legend. So it's got mm-hmm. a lot of 5 4 time mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's. Um, I'm going to also play a little bit from um, your uh, music. I can get to. Uh, Legend of the Werewolf, Jewish, Jewish Boys? No. 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 But, I, but I do have uh, Jewish Boys. Um, Bad Dog. Bad Dog. There we go. So, um, now why don't I have, okay, I'm screwed up in, in the writing. But in any case, Bad Dog, here is yours, and I'm going to play a little bit of it. To tell the truth, I misunderstood. I never had a thing against doing good. But when I see a full moon, I can't stop howling Or taste a little poodle I can't keep from growling I'm a bad dog And I can't change Ain't no ointment for this kind of mange If it itches I scratch If it tickles I kick If it smells I sniff If it's nasty I lick Cause I'm a bad, bad, bad That's from the very last one in Highly Endangered Mountain Lion in Pennsylvania. That's a fun little song. <laughs> it's a fun little show. Yeah. Who's uh, who's singing? That's me. Is that right? Well, that's me t- uh, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's, about the, that's about the same for mine. <laughs> oh, 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 is that right? Yeah. And uh, we don't have two of the other um, uh, creatives here. Right. But I'm going to play a little bit from uh, Jewish Boys, book, music, and lyrics by Joshua Gilstein. Director Sierra Ace, Ace, uh, dramaturg Melissa Hillman, which is a name I'm very familiar with. Everybody in the big Jewish Boys, I'm going to play it right now. Years of life into some moving boxes. Please, God, let me see a sign. What can I let go of mine? Gotta get moving, start packing, finish your food and stop slacking. Gotta take all of my things, ones I love and really need. How do you condense eight years of life into a few suitcases? Please, God, let me see a sign. Who will I become in time? from Jewish Boys the Musical and by uh, Joshua Gilstein. Could I give his little synopsis? A short Absolutely. Synopsis of this? Yeah. yeah. Josh couldn't be here today, but the, the yeah. very short synopsis is it's a heartfelt human-focused story of a nice Midwestern Jewish boy who in search of the man of his dreams ends up finding himself. Yeah. And I'm also reading, it is a coming-of-age story that unfolds as an emotional journey of self-discovery and love. Jacob Feldman enters into a Midwest college town into the vibrant city of Chicago, looking for a larger dating pool and maybe even a husband. 
In Chicago, J Jacob finds more than he ever imagined, transformative moments, a chosen family, and a crescendo of life's authentic aspirations. Mm. Sounds fantastic, and uh, it's a shame that Joshua couldn't be here, but we are, um, you know, putting his music up there. And the last one is Mirabelle, Mirabai, Mirabai of Myrta, and we're going to play a little bit of that right now. About me and Have you heard? Have you heard? Mirabai of Mirabai, Mirabai, the beautiful daughter of Ratan Singh, fit for a king, no for a Eastern sounds mm -hmm. and that beautiful and sounds like seven four timing there. Um, I'll let you go ahead and Richard. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's talk about Mirabai Mirta. So this is a it's a 16th century Indian story that's mm -hmm. been written in poetry for for ever since then, and uh, it's about it's an ecstatic story about a songstress who's in love with the playful flute playing god Krishna, but is forced to marry a prince. The modern rendering of the Mirabai story highlights feminist themes and features a variety of musical styles from Indian classical and folk to baranga, hip-hop, and the blues. And yeah. It's got a... I saw a rehearsal of this the other night. It's got some, some beautiful uh, movement and just it's, it really takes you to a different place from your normal American musical theater. It's more in the Indian tradition. Yeah, and we really—I mean, especially as, as Americans—we need, you know, we're we're so inundated, in inundated, inundated, inundated with our own type of music and style, mm -hmm. and hearing, you know, an Eastern style, especially in a musical sense, a musical uh, in a musical, you know, it's it's welcoming. So I'm glad the Musical Cafe and uh, book music and lyrics by Lyra Sirkin. Yes. So that's fantastic. Mir uh, Mirabai, the Barefoot Princess. That's fantastic. Yeah. We might as well get into an origin story. Usually we get into current events or whatever, but I figure, you know, we have three two We have so here. many people. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, episode 174, we know your story, Richard. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very rich background, you know, uh, from L.A., and you've done all sorts of um, um, television themes, and uh, you've done tons and tons of writing. And Musical Cafe, how many years has Musical Cafe been going on? And I know it's a play cafe. Well, Play Cafe has been going on for like 15 plus years. Mm -hmm. uh, Musical Cafe, we had our first per performance, first showcase in 2015. Mm -hmm. This is our 10th Musical, musical Cafe showcase. Ah, and yeah. at the end of the night on Monday night, we will have presented 40 new plays. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, we've also done quite a bit with j dramaturgical support, uh, just readings such as uh, Greg and Reg participated in where, mm -hmm. where the we have a reading with professional actors, the professional dramaturgs. The writer goes home and writes, re, does rewrites. We come back two months later and do it. Yeah, but we've we've been uh, and we've been moving right along. We did not have to go hide during the pandemic. We went online. Yeah, 
and now we have a, a presence around the world. It's amazing. It really is. I mean, we brought on uh, Amber Rubarth, yep. who I believe was from Tennessee. I know yeah, she's from the Midwest. Yeah, there's a whole crew. Uh, that whole crew but was it just shows East. how far-reaching people uh, that musical cafe has gone. You know that people even even in the Midwest knows of it, and it's like, hey, I can't find this venue where I am. I've got to come to California. I've got to come to. Well, there's very few opportunities for a new musical. Yeah, it's more expensive. It takes a certain expertise, as you know. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, (laughs) it it takes it takes longer. Yeah, and so uh, most most theater companies will say, "Oh, yeah, we we're all for that," but they don't really commit. Right. something that hasn't had, had reviews on Broadway. Yeah, no. I mean, um, I, I mean, I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've had tons of songs that just collected dust. All of a sudden, Musical Cafe, I'm learning of this venue, and I came on uh, being a singer for Alison Luderman's play, The Chain. And then I was like, you know what? Let me see if I could put something on. And it was wonderful. It was really, really wonderful, and all of us hey. had a great experience. And I'm glad that uh, you guys are having that great experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to an origin story. Uh, I'll begin with, if I can get my app hat going on. <laughs> Ray, um, where were you born and raised? Uh, born. Uh, I was born in Florida, as a matter of fact. Wow. Okay. I was an Air Force kid. Okay. So uh, my dad was on uh, Eglin Air Force Base in Fort Walton Beach in Florida. Okay. So, we, you know, we moved around a lot when I was a little kid, and then uh, my dad when he retired we moved out here to california when i was about eight years old so okay siblings uh, one of each i've got well actually uh i've got one brother one sister and one half sister so okay yeah and were you always involved in theater or music uh pretty much yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i was i was the kid who whenever our whenever whenever our family would have uh dinner guests i would say hey mom i want to put on a puppet show (laughs) i'd want to put on a puppet show for all the kids so i've always been somewhat of an entertainer and i yeah i got into got into plays and stuff when i was in school and uh a matter of fact one of my first plays when i was in the seventh grade was called werewolf in town so wow (laughs) i actually played the werewolf yeah (laughs) right yeah so yeah werewolf's always been one of my favorite monsters so yeah yeah when i listen to your this music um werewolf um the title is legend of the werewolf yeah it has very it's it's almost andrew lloyd weber like oh that's interesting it's almost like jesus christ superstar because you know that has a lot of those yeah time changes and just you know very very dramatic yeah. Um, did you grow up listening to that type of? Oh uh, yeah, we, well, style? more actually listen to uh, more traditional, uh, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein, and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, whenever uh, whenever the Music Man would come on TV, the whole family would be around the TV, and we'd watch the Music Man. So oh, nice. I, I grew up with a lot of the traditional stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you say Andrew Lloyd Webber because for most most people compare me, my music to Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I get. Well, maybe I get, I'm only listening to this part of it, yeah, but uh, no, yeah. but that's a good comparison. I mean, that's yeah, a good, that's that's a, that's a nice one to have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's pr- probably because of a lot of the contrapuntal stuff that I put into it. Uh, that uh, yeah, it's very Sondheim esque. So yeah, I mean, when I think of Sondheim, I don't really think of times uh, time changes, but well, definitely yeah. key changes. Yeah, a lot of key changes, a lot of a lot of uh, really extended uh, extended harmonies that uh, mm-hmm. you know build really thick thick chords so uh yeah yeah so so the 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 way i've described the music style when people have uh, asked me what kind of style of music i I tell them it's a it's kind of somewhere in between stephen sondheim and king crimson (laughs) yeah i hear that (laughs) i hear that yeah um greg yeah uh your turn uh where were you born and raised i was born in in stockton california all right and raised out in linden california which is a tiny suburb farming community yeah Mm -hmm. siblings 
Uh, yep, had two older sisters. Okay. And uh, grew up out there loving music. Mm-hmm. My parents were fans of Rodgers and Hammerstein and those types of musicals, so we yeah. put those uh, soundtracks on the hi-fi and we'd, uh, we'd listen together. Yeah. And uh, I think The Wizard of Oz is probably my most formative musical experience that inspired me to get into the area of musicals. Yeah, you know, every time the music, the Wizard of Oz comes on TV, I guess it's an angelic time. I don't know if younger people mm-hmm. get that, but it's like, wow. Yep. You, it's hard to imagine it was in 1939 when it was done. Right. Uh, just the experience of it. Now, were you involved in musicals or singing or anything like that when you were in high yeah, school? Yeah, I was always involved in band in elementary school and then high school that we had a drama department. And they encouraged us to have a annual uh, mm-hmm. musical written by a student. Yeah. So I was uh, I was uh, roped with the responsibility to write the musical for my class. It was a oh, takeoff okay. on Tarzan and Jane. <laughs> okay. And uh, about two thirds of the way into the into the uh, rehearsals, the I think it was gym teacher who was in charge of the quote drama department unquote. Mm-hmm left the school and the whole thing collapsed and so oh. we, I did not have a drama department after yeah. my sophomore year. Mm. I was so. now why did why did the teacher select you to do the writing? Uh, cuz everybody else stepped back when I stepped forward. I <laughs> okay. <guess>. okay. <laughs> no, and I liked doing it and it, it was uh, something I realized at the time I had a knack for. Uh-huh. Uh but there really wasn't any place to go with it so I sort of suppressed that little you know my light under that bushel and uh it didn't really emerge again until midway through my uh, law career when i was in my 30s and 40s oh is that right what what law did you do you or did you practice it was corporate law it was you know bay area style tech startup venture capital financing okay. i'm in criminal law as a paralegal oh yeah oh, <laughs> so. great great yeah so, uh, you know, I didn't get much of a chance to do things with it other than hang, hang around a living room and write songs. And then I married uh, a woman who was a great singer, and we got together and started uh-huh. performing as a band with a couple of other folks. And so my songwriting skills were honed a little bit more in that in that context. Yeah. Sort of eclectic Americana. Yeah, I do get a very, I mean, you know, we hear, we hear the harmonica mm-hmm. and we hear, um, I don't know if it, bluegrass or, yep. you know, sort yep. of a heartland. Yep. I, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to say country, but. Right, that's so. kind of a bluesy country there. But. Yeah, I think Jackson Brown yeah. and, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of someone else, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp, maybe, right. I don't People know. Right, in that category, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and we just did whatever we decided to do because we weren't in it for making money. We were, you know, I was busy being a lawyer and uh, we, we had no pressure on us, so we just played it, what we liked playing. And occasionally I write some little novelty song like that Bad Dog song. Yeah. And uh, after a while, I realized that, you know, live performing in clubs and such, mm-hmm. those types of songs really weren't quite right for the audience. They, you know, <laughs> they were a little more, more serious than, sure. than I was being. So I yeah. kind of put them aside, and that one ended up making it into this musical. Yeah, very, very nice. Well, Norman, one thing, one question I've ever asked you, because mm-hmm. you love singing at the alley. Yeah. Have you ever done musicals? Have you ever oh, thought about course. doing musicals? Oh, you have. I was, last summer, I was in the Mime Troop show. That was that was a musical. Ah, uh, <laughs> I, f- I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've done a few. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, you know, when I think of, because I've done a couple of musicals, and the, we've talked about the Great American Songbook a lot, Rogers and Hammerson, Rogers and Hart, and uh, although we're in a new, um, you know, we're in... Music right now is dominated by Taylor Swift and yeah. and Cardi B and all of those folks. So I do wonder if that style will still remain. I guess that's one question that I'll ask all of you. Maybe I'll ask you, Richard. Why do you think that people still hold on to, I don't know, standards like um, what 
uh, Tony Bennett passed away earlier right. this year, and yeah. I totally lamented, you know, his passing. Yeah. But um, you can have all sorts of synthesizers and hooks or whatever, but nothing beats just a great song. Right. It's the melodies. It's the emotions. It's the human emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the old, the, the Great American Songbook. I work with it all the time. I, I teach voice lessons, and they're just, it makes somebody dig deep into their emotions and get their technique together and mm-hmm. in a challenging way yeah. present interesting music with real thought and feelings behind it. Yeah. And, and you look at some of the best pop singers out there now, they, they're doing that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always good people coming mm-hmm. up. I have good. I have, I have lots of optimism about the future of music. It's going to be different than I can imagine. Yeah. But there, there are people that just still go back to feelings and good melodies. Yeah. Right. I mean, nothing beats a good ballad. You know, right. you can have a ballad written in the '70s or '60s, and it just never, if it's good enough, never gets stated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do uh, Do the both of you have you any? Both of you have ever had a, a, a formal um, music training? Like the piano and all of that stuff. Yeah, I actually I got my degree at uh, at Cal State East Bay. I okay. Actually, did the core of my studies at San Jose State, but I studied classical voice. Okay. So yeah, yeah. How about you? Um, I took a few lessons at uh, Foothill College in uh, uh, down in wherever that is, Menlo Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was at Stanford getting my undergraduate degree, and. Uh, it didn't teach me much, but I did walk away with a book full of uh, cheat sheets for lots and lots of different songs. <laughs> yeah. So, so I started playing those all the time and learning how to play guitar while I was singing. Mm-hmm. And uh, got to sit in a, a night, well, not a nightclub, a coffee house in Stockton called Fat City and play every Friday night for tips. Oh, there you go. Well, that that sharpens your your chops. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the Beatles in Hamburg, but you know, (laughs) I I did learn my my way around the guitar that way. Yeah, Ray, did you do a lot of um, just performing, like I don't know, coffee shops or or what have you? Oh well, the thing is, uh, I haven't even mentioned that I got a big rock and roll background as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah, see, what happened was I got out of high school, and like a lot of people from the Led Zeppelin era, I wanted to be a rock star. Sure, but I wanted to be an intelligent rock star, so I decided I was going to actually go to school and study music yeah. and study voice be a good singer be a good composer and learn as much as I could about it and that opened up all sorts of horizons for me I started getting interested in opera started getting more interested in musical theater mm-hmm. and I had some great teachers along the way some great theory teachers who really uh, who really encouraged us to open up our listening so we started listening to things like Charles Ives mm-hmm. and, uh, and and these these composers who just stretched the limits and just tried all sorts of different things yeah and co- because there's there's a very conventional sound that we're used to hearing that yes. we're pretty inundated with yes. all the time yeah I had a lot of instructors who said okay let's expand our listening outside of that and so we started listening to Hindemith and you know and, and uh, Mingus and, and all these very yeah, very Mingus, yeah. yeah these very very creative composers and musicians so yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful for the expansion of my of my listening ears because of these great teachers that I had it's funny that you mentioned that because there, that was the time the 70s where pro- progressive rock or prog rock yeah. was very very big although was, 
it may not have always gotten onto the radio. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was really big into the into the British prog bands. You know, the Genesis, Pink Floyd, Yes, yeah, yeah, King mm. Crimson, all of those. Yeah, this is all before they yeah. got commercial and oh, yeah. started doing ballads and making a lot of money and just pushing away the prog rock stuff. Yeah, and you'll hear all that stuff in Legend of the Werewolf for sure. Mm. I hear a lot of it in this one here yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I'd just like to point out that the the opportunity to see these four shows next to each other, little twenty minute segments of the shows, means you're going to get all sorts of interesting different music you know yeah, in one yeah. evening it's, it's very fun to, to hear the other shows and see what you know how broadly you can reach out across the musical spectrum to put together yeah. a show and, and I'll go ahead go ahead well, can I Richard. just give a little yes. outline of what what you're going to see if you come to our show uh, we've we've got four musicals that were chosen by a jury of musical theater experts and uh, each show gets to present 20 minutes it's one of the hardest things you can ask a writer to do is to boil their work down to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. What do you want to put in front of an audience? Yeah. And, uh, and so it usually comes out pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so we go bim, bam, boom. In, in the night, we present four new musicals. For, for most of them, it's the first time in front of an audience in that form being performed. Yeah, and also just, um, and I believe there's only a piano at least it was when I, when right. I did it in 28, and it's still the same. Is that correct? We're adding, we're opening up the door to for add another instrument. One of our shows is going to have a guitar. Uh-huh. Uh, two of them are going to have a little percussion. Okay. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be well, a little that, richer. That makes me envious because uh, I, I want all of that. <laughs> but, but it's good. I'm so I'm so glad that you know you guys are getting that exposure yeah. and working with the actors. That's now as writers. I mean, are you still involved in it, or do you just you've written it and you hand it off to a director and just let those folks handle it? I think, given the uh, close. Uh, collegial nature of this thing there's going to be more back and forth there has been already okay. between me and the director and of, of course I learned the fundamental rule which is that the director wins when there are decisions about you know, how to how to present the show mm-hmm. you know uh, so I don't try to tell anybody to do anything different than what the director's saying but at the same time I've worked with her before and we're very comfortable talking to each other and there's a lot of back and forth input yeah how about you, Ray? How, are you more involved or less involved, or have you done your job and you just hand it off? Well, I've got kind of a unique situation, actually, because my, my clip is being uh, directed by my wife, Mariana Wolf. Wow. So, it, it, so I mean, wow. one of the things about it is that she's yeah. been with me all these years that I've been developing it, yeah. so she already knows the whole show. Yes. So she has a, a really good idea of what we should include in yeah. this 20-minute segment to make a representation of the whole show. Yeah. So, so yes, I mean she's she's given me a lot of input about uh, about edits and cuts, and we actually have have, uh, have collaborated on a lot of the editing of this piece. Yeah, yeah. Full disclosure, I absolutely love Mariana Wolf. You know, mm-hmm. she has directed me um, mm-hmm. as a musical director for a bunch of shows that I've done for uh, the Douglas Morrison Theater. Yeah, she's a wonderful vocal uh, trainer. We've actually been on stage at the same time for Candide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I believe it's your birthday. It is my birthday. Yes, <laughs> it is. Oh. She, yes, it is. She texted me and says, hey, Ray's going to be on, and it's his birthday. And so, Happy, yeah. birthday. Happy birthday, Ray. Thank you very Happy much. This is a, this is a, this You're is 21 fun. again, right? Yeah, 20, 21 plus uh, 41. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, how is that? How is collaborating with your wife? Because I, I know working with my dad, you know, back when I used to write for him, mm-hmm. 
Sometimes it's wonderful because we collaborate very well. Sometimes we hit heads a lot. Yeah, we hit heads a certain amount, but not a lot, I wouldn't say. I mean, she, she I, I, of course, have a very clear vision of what I believe the musical should be like. Sure. And she has a very clear vision of the way that she would interpret it. Yeah. So, uh, so, but, but we are, we are collaborative and, and each of us has a, has a sense of, of, uh, of cooperation. So it, it actually goes pretty well. And at, at the end of it, after we, after we work out, uh, the compromises, mm-hmm. we always come out with something better than what we had before. So it's, it's actually really good. That's good. I wanted to talk about the business model of Musical Cafe because, uh, you don't have your own space. Sometimes that's a good thing because you don't have to pay rent. Um, but how is, I guess the best way of asking, how is Musical Cafe succeeding where a lot of other companies are not? Well, we have a lot of volunteer work. Yeah. Uh, myself. J- Jamie Greenblatt is, is just fantastic. She is. Jamie yeah. Greenblatt is our executive director, and she she really holds it together she's incredibly mm-hmm. well organized yeah and loretta janka loretta janka is 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 brilliant she handles a lot of casting things and she's a wonderful director she's uh, directing greg's show mm-hmm. and uh, and she just we have a group core group of four people that we we communicate a lot and we just we tend to agree on most things mm-hmm. and so and we all take our own load yeah, and so we've been able to function on that level, and the fact that we only do specific things, we can uh, save up for that. Yeah, and uh, Jamie Greenblatt and Sandy Caston are really good grant writers, mm-hmm. and so through the through the generosity of the city of Berkeley and some of the arts councils around, we have survived. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to ask about that because it sounds like you don't get a lot of money from the door from no. audience members. I mean, you may get some. Never covers. But yeah. the grant writing—I mean, that's the sort of miracle right. elixir as far as you know, making sure that people are paid, like the actors and uh, I imagine the the pianist. I forget the pianist who. Um, I, I'm not sure if you if it's the same pianist that was there uh, in 2018. I think he may have moved on. Well. Uh, there's Billy has mm-hmm. been present, and um, uh, we've had a few come and go in the meantime. But yeah. yeah, I can't remember the, uh, the individual's name. But you have, it sounds like you have a good core uh, group of we musicians. Do. Fantastic. There's no shortage of talent in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. Right. Actors, yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 that's fantastic. Where do you see, for each of you... Um, the musical's going in the future. Do you want it to be a full-blown, you know, do you have, have you written you know, the entire thing? Because I know for me, I had written only just 20 minutes of my thing, and I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do next. But there are folks who are like, hey, I've got the whole thing written out. I'll give you the truncated 20 minutes, but I have this yeah. whole full-blown thing. It sounds like both of you, it's full-blown. Yeah, mine is completely done. All right. Um, I'm sure it'll change anyway. It never really gets completely done until it's on stage. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, it's ready to go. I have a co-composer who's working with me, a guy in L.A. who's incredibly talented, uh, orchestrated over 200 films. Oh, wow. And uh, he's he's sort of juicing up the, the my basic scores, which came through the... Muse score, uh, you know, mm-hmm. online uh, software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turning them into into much more uh, Broadway ready sounding uh, show mm-hmm. show tunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And Ray, it sounds like yours is, is fully blown. Yeah, yeah, it's it's completely written and completely orchestrated. And I did I did all the orchestrations myself as well. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, in fact, we just we recently well we're still in the process of completing a full uh, album recording project of it. Mm. We took a twelve piece orchestra into Twenty Fifth Street Studios, which is basically right down the street here, oh, yeah. and uh, uh-huh. and we recorded uh, we recorded all the songs and uh and we did all the orchestrations and we have most of the vocals laid down now and th- mm-hmm. then there's you know there's additional effects and mixing and mastering so we're looking to get that album out sometime next year but no, that's yeah, fantastic it's, yeah it's complete and also i want to give a shout out to joel knopf who um he wrote the last ibex and his i uh there's a posting of his uh, i think it's on um i think it's on it's on spotify or it's on uh the apple pod not the Apple Podcast app, but it's on social media. I mean, it's uh, he's his project is is growing, and I think that's part of the objective of Musical Cafe, not just to showcase it, but to make sure it gets to the next level. Right. Yeah. And that's that's due to Joel's hard work and follow through. We've had we have a great success rate with the shows we've we've presented. Mm-hmm. We've had some that have gone on to be picked up by theater works. Some that have had. Uh, Full productions in the Bay Area and won awards. We've got a show that's going to open off Broadway this winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we people that they if they the whole idea is that we try to provide that step, mm-hmm. that step that you need to get it going, yeah, and, and help you learn what you need to know because this is a tricky business. It, yeah, it it's most definitely is. It's incredibly busy, yeah, and, it, and a lot of it's luck, and a lot of it's just keeping at it and and just keep keeping friends mm-hmm. uh, and keep pushing and if somebody says your script is one-third too long you really want to listen to that yeah and yeah. that's the case of some of these that have gone on to great success they've listened to that and they've made adjustments and it's always ongoing and so we try to help yeah hmm. um how, how do you guys deal with um craig i'll ask you constructive criticism uh just you know making the adjustments or whatever sometimes easier or hard i know um yeah. I don't know the difference between a playwright and a musical. I mean, a musical writer uh, mm-hmm. to make the adjustments because sometimes the criticism can be, well, I don't know about the storyline and the right. beats or this or that. Right. But sometimes it could be musical, like, wow, this it's a little high the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> can you lower it or something like yeah. that? But how do you how do you deal with well, that? Well, I consider myself still at the early stage of doing this. I've been working at it hard, and I'm a pretty good songwriter, but. Many, many things about musical theater are relatively new to me. And so when anybody with you know more experience than that talks to me, I listen. Yeah. And I really am quite willing to, to uh, accommodate their suggestions, and especially if you go to two or three different dramaturgs and you hear the same comment from all of them. Yeah. You know, it's time to take, take a look at what they're talking about. So, sure. So I, I find it very useful. I also learned a good rule in, in dealing with uh, criticism is you, you don't have to argue with anybody. You know, it's your show. You control the knobs. You don't. You don't have to say, "Well, here's why I disagree." Let's have an argument. And I'll win. You simply say, "Thank you very much for that input," and you can walk away and keep it or not, depending mm-hmm. on, on on whether you believe in it. But for me, I get far more you know good comments and suggestions from the people that have been I've been exposed to through uh, Play Cafe. That's good. And Ray, I'll ask you the same question, and it's particular for you because. Your music is a very, very different. I mean, you've got all sorts of different things, and yeah. some people can really like it. Some people be like, "Yeah." So sometimes the criticism may not be 
constructive because it's like, well, you're giving criticism because you just don't understand yeah, exactly. what I'm doing. <laughs> That's exactly it. You hit it on uh, right on the head because uh, it is yeah, it is kind of different music. A lot of it's really disjunct in the harmonies and the, there's some really um, uh, unusual, uh, surprising rhythmic things that happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it's so different, a lot of people have, have given me a lot of feedback about accessibility, about uh, are people going to understand it and so forth? Mm-hmm. Is it going to put butts in the seats? Are people going to be interested mm-hmm. in this? Yeah. So the, I, I actually don't really... Uh, I kind of do what Greg says. <laughs> like, uh, thank you very much yes. for that input. Because I mean, be, I mean, a lot of the criticism has come from producers who know what it takes to get draw an audience, and they're mm-hmm. concerned that it's going to be a little bit too over the heads of a lot of the audience and so forth. But uh, the the at the basic bottom line of it, I actually really believe in my artistic vision. So I'm actually kind of stubborn and stick with what I, <laughs> stick with with my own ideas. I actually believe in what I'm doing quite a bit. So no, no, no. No, that's awesome. Yeah. One quick question, because I feel bad that the other creatives are not here, like Joshua Gilstein and Lear Sirkin. Richard, can you talk about them? I mean, like, uh, just how uh, can have they expressed to you, since they can't be here, um, I guess, how it's been for them? I'm sure it's, it's a thrill for them to have their shows showcased here. Well, it's, well, Joshua is a young guy who, who's making his way, and he's, he's just got a great attitude he's moving forward taking in things and uh, he's learning from the process Leah has been around for a while and and she's she's put together a really good cast got a really good director mm-hmm. and so she's in good hands and uh, so you know I, I it's hard for me to say what they're thinking well but, sure uh, sure but they're uh, yeah they're putting the work in yeah and we'll have them on later on and it probably I don't know if it'll be while the musical cafe is going on but you know the shows will live on you know even after musical cafe um you know the showcase is done there will be other opportunities for for the musicals um one last question where do you see both the musicals that you have going on but also other projects that you have going on in the future well, let me ask you this a more simpler question what other projects do you have going on do you have other musicals in 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 the hopper i don't currently have a musical that i'm working on i've been working on the last for the last year and a half or so a screenplay idea that uh, is based on the book uh roughing it by mark twain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was his early days coming out to nevada with his older brother how nice and uh that that show uh i finished the screenplay last spring and or i'm uh, sorry a year ago mm-hmm. i spring the first version of it and then tweaked it and worked with it, and I had a play cafe reading of it with some great actors and a good dramaturg. They gave me great input, and and uh, as a result, it won a couple of awards in L.A. It won the Beverly Hills uh, oh, very nice Golden Palm Award for screenplays. Uh, yeah, the Beverly Hills Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so, so that's that's the thing that you have going on. Yeah, that's kind of occupying a lot of my time now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ray, how about you? My uh, my next project that I'm sketching out right now is a musical uh, called Uther. Hmm. You know who Uther was? That's the father of Arthur, right? The, Ar- the father of King Arthur. Yeah. That's right. So this this musical ends mm-hmm. with the sword being sunk into the stone. Nice. I love that. That's that's the, the ending of it. Cool. And, 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 yeah, and Arthur has Arthur has just been born. So uh, yeah, yeah. So the, the the theme behind this is 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 the theme of hope, and more specifically, the hope for something that will never happen in your own lifetime. 
Yeah. Wow. It's almost like Moses. It's like, you know, you're setting up bigger and better things, but you will never see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, no, no. That is fantastic. That mm. is awesome. I would ask you, Richard. Now, Richard, I know that you are you know, the executive director of it, but do you have your own projects going on? You're still writing, right? Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> just did one about my 50-somethieth musical score for a, for a play, a production of uh, the Comedy of Errors up in, in Inverness. Mm-hmm. And I've got a, a short film that's going to arrive any day now that I'm doing a score for. It's a, uh-huh. a ghost story. Oh, nice. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're still in the saddle. I'm glad you're still Me actually too. doing it. Because, you know, a lot of times you take put on the hat of being an executive and, mm-hmm. and doing the administrative stuff. You put away the creative part of it but uh, I'm glad you're still creating and teaching <laughs> and teaching and doing the musical cafe so and I have a I have a, bl- a blurb to say I want to sure, let people know that for our, our performances on October 29th and 30th at 8 p.m. at the Freight and Salvage in Berkeley nice. we, we have a discount code if you go uh, if you use MC show 23 when you get your tickets you can get a, a, a nice discount Excellent, and we'll have that in the uh, the liner notes. Thank we'll you. already have uh, you know the show itself, and the people can click on the link so they don't have to retype it. So so that'll be nice. Uh, Norman, I hey. <laughs> feel you were sort of left out. <laughs> well, you know, we got a lot of folks. I mean, the only thing that popped up for me is just I, I appreciate you guys saying there's a way that you get feedback and how you deal with it. Now, from my perspective as a director, I have learned to not waste my breath trying to tell you to fix something or change something, what I can do is give you feedback mm-hmm. on whether or not I think it works and maybe some suggestions on where or how I think it should mm-hmm. adjust. But I think the biggest thing I would want anybody to know in this process is right now you're in production mode and your director's job is to get something that they can put up in front of an audience and make sense of. Mm-hmm. So in the process of that, they may change some things or lose some things or add some things. And that may not be your ultimate vision. But, you know, having that flexibility to say this is this right now and, you know, that's what this will be. And then later on, I'll be able to point back to it and say, oh, well, at one point we had this. But, you know, it's all a learning process. And it's kind of glorious when you get to see your piece go up. Exactly. And, you know, as a writer, either a musical writer or whatever, you know, you have to be flexible. You have to know, hey, you know, this may be your baby, but you're handing it to people who are in, you know, you're putting it in the right hands and allow artists to, you know, take their version of it. You may have a version of a character in your head, but then you give it to an actor and they will find all sorts of interesting, cool and innovative things. I just love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love the collaborative. I, I, I said something earlier about being stubborn about my vision and all that, but yeah. I love the collaborative process of it, and I love seeing somebody else do something with my work that I wouldn't have even thought of. Yeah, love that. Right, yeah. right, exactly. So you know, those are those are cool elements. So, yeah. folks, you know, if you're looking to see you know a great musical, and you know you don't want to go to the Strand or you know some of the big houses, we've got some great local talent here and great musicals um, mm-hmm. and. We got to get some of the uh, the actual actors on. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're great. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm. Birthdays, birthdays. Today is Evan Carlson's birthday. He was one of the interns. I did uh, much ado about nothing out in Livermore this summer, and he was one of the interns there. Um, I got to hang out with these. There were two guys, Evan and Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a joy to hang with, and and we've kept in touch. And so it's wild. I don't know if you. No, Natalie. Uh, there's Natalie that Natalie Rich that I've worked with on some of this. I've heard the name before. 
I've never, on some I've of never this uh, there, Baldwin yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and she is a more of a stage manager, product, you know, production side of things. She and he are both in, I think it's Wisconsin, it's some or Minnesota maybe, mm-hmm. um, at a workshop. And I was like, wait a minute, you're going to that? I know somebody who's going to be there. She's like running. She's gotten a job doing programming, and I'm like, y'all should connect to each other. Yeah. So it was kind of neat to mm-hmm. to see that happen. Uh, Jennifer LeBlanc, a major. Um, Actor, director, writer. Yeah, I hear her name all the time. She's doing all kinds of stuff. She actually directed the other show this summer out in Livermore, mm-hmm. uh, Silent Sky. Um, she is in the writing pool for Playground. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've done a number of shows together, which mm-hmm. has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, her birthday today. Jessica Richards is somebody I met. I, I've been holding off on a little announcement because I'm waiting to get it confirmed. Sure, sure. But the person who got in touch with me said, well, we worked together at Cal Shakes. And I was like... I didn't really work with many people at Cal Shakes. I actually was a teaching artist, so I was out going to sites and trying to promote the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of these women who was in the office there you um, go. is now in a position to give me a really nice job next year, it's looking hey. like. So I'm waiting <laughs> to get that confirmed. I met Jessica Richards under similar conditions. She had just come out of grad school and was at Cal Shakes. Mm-hmm. And... She had just gotten there. I needed some paperwork. I said, I'm going to, I think it was Oakland High. She said, I will meet you there. And she shows up and gives me a manila envelope full of stuff. I'm like, you do, I would have come to the office. You didn't. So I appreciate that. And she's gone. Uh, she's back east now working. Mm. Today is her birthday. Um, other birthdays this week. Cliff Mayotte um, is somebody I went to San Francisco State with. Um, he started a small theater company and ironically directed me in a show that Mara, my wife, saw because they were friends. Uh-huh. Before she was your wife. Before she was my wife, she doesn't remember me in that show. <laughs> <laughs> you anyway, made an impression, huh? Birthday is coming up. Uh, Rachel Baker yeah. um, is somebody that I got to do Hamlet with, mm-hmm. um, and she played the queen. Um, Thomas Simpson is a major force in Bay Area theater. Uh, he runs Afro Solo, which started off as just a performance solo festival. Mm-hmm. It has expanded to, there's jazz in the garden, There's um, they have a, a gallery that they mm-hmm. put up art exhibits in. He does a whole, it's become a whole festival. Nice. His birthday's coming up. Uh, Lawana Stewart was uh, somebody who stage managed for me. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I guess she was like coming out of high school when we got her. I got her with the African American Shakespeare Company, mm-hmm. and then she actually worked with me with Oakland Public Theater. And now we're all a lot older. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ashley Smiley is somebody I've never actually met. I, hear, but, I see that name all the time. Yeah, I do too. And um, what I love is she is a theater artist, but very much an activist. She's you know she's very vocal about what's going on and how things could be, mm-hmm. how things could be better. I'm going to save that one for you. Uh, Brittany Mellerson is kind of the other end of the spectrum, a younger person who I know. As a matter of fact, I, we know her. I worked with her uh, when we did You worked radio with her conference. down below, at yeah. Z Below. Yeah. Um, I work with her through Playground at mm-hmm. uh, the Petrero stage. Uh, she is, I think she's not officially the tech director, but she's basically the tech director. Yeah. And she's also very much an advocate. It's funny, she, we ended up on a... Uh, committee doing uh, DEI, mm-hmm. diversity, what is it, diversity, inclusivity, equity, equity that's the other one, um, and it was always funny because she was just so like, 
you know, she's a young person who's full of fire. Yeah. And she's been working with lamplighter and lamplighters and trying to get them to kind of play mm-hmm. up their game in that. She's also working with Lowell Brown players. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that name shouldn't be on there. Richard Side <laughs> mm-hmm. is um, an acting. He's a director, but I haven't heard of him directing anything in forever. He's been teaching, and he actually teaches in L.A. and here. Mm-hmm. Not cheap, but everybody I know who's gone has always loved it. Emily Austin, yet another one of these people from Cal Shakes. That's where I met her. And, mm-hmm. um, beautiful woman, gorgeous smile. And she was, I would only see these people when I would go in to pick stuff up. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a few years at Cal Shakes. So every fall or winter, I mean, spring or winter, I would come in and there'd be new people. Anybody who stayed, I was like, wow, yeah, you're still here. Emily is one of those. Um, but uh, she took some time off when she had a girl. And now um, she's been doing some directing around. Uh, Carlos Barron. Uh, was one of my professors at San Francisco State, and he got me into producing, boy, the best way, I guess, not the best way, but, you know, you can throw somebody into river to teach them to swim, mm-hmm. or you could actually teach them how to swim. Mm-hmm. Carlos is more one of those, let's throw you in. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up learning a lot about producing, not knowing that's what was going on. Uh, Evie Abat is a young, was a young, when I worked with young Filipina actress. James Carpenter, if you had to rank the Bay Area actors, James Carpenter is kind of top of the heap. He mm-hmm. is amazing, and I believe he'll be playing Scrooge again for ACT this coming winter. Um, Aaron Wilton, a wonderful actor. Most currently, I've gotten to work with him at um, Playground. Mm-hmm. And every now and then when we get to introductions and people say, well, how do you know each other? He's like, well, I moved to the Bay Area and I saw this audition notice. And so my first job in the Bay Area was working with Norman G. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I don't think of myself as a boss, but. (laughs) Um, And it's wild to watch Aaron over that. That was probably like 15 years ago or more to watch him really rise up in Bay Area theater and to become. He is also kind of an advocate for really just trying to make the process a lot easier and human for people. He's, and he's a wonderful actor. Um, and then the last one I have is from my high school days. Um, uh, the woman's name is Sarah Caviar. I can't pronounce her last name because I know her maiden name. <laughs> um, but uh, she was a beautiful young woman, really talented, really smart. We, every year, would pick... There was one production that a student would get to direct, and she was the director for ours when we were seniors. So proud of her, and she's gone on to do other things. She was doing film work and um, commercials, and you know, and now she's got a family in L.A., and yeah, there life you go. goes on. So that's, those are the birthday kids this week I've got. And uh, I've got my... I think my list is, all, my list is always a little shorter than, uh, than yours. Uh, Aaliyah Lay. I've never met her, but uh, she's uh, a listener of the A. Okay. And uh, I've been. She's that a, counts. She's a Bay Area actress, and uh, but she teetos, she seesaws between here and L.A. Hey hey. Um. So her birthday is today. So happy birthday, Aaliyah! If you're listening, thank you for listening. <laughs> Isaiah Duforth. Uh, his birthday is also today. He is a fantastic. Uh, I met him through Eastenders Repertory Company. That was a ah, company that yeah. I was involved with. He's sort of a dramaturg. He's a writer. He's a film writer. He's also a teacher for I think high school kids, teaching them about film. Um, yesterday's birthday was Jeremy Sawyer. So there's a poster right behind you, Richard. The Marriage of Bet and Boo. Uh, crazy black uh, comedy by uh, Christopher Durang. And uh, we've had 
um, Eric Johnson and um, I forget the Heather Atlas. Those are the uh, the parents of <laughs> the uh, the titular character played by Jeremy Sawyer. So we had a wonderful time. As a matter of fact, our first rehearsal was September eleventh, two thousand one. Oh wow! A very wild wow. time and. But, you know, audience needed to laugh at this difficult time. And so we had a wonderful time doing that production. And he was the star. So happy birthday, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Also on the 20th, that was yesterday, Alan Kismorio. Oh, <laughs> uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I got that, that last week. I got that last <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so uh, he um, was a very big member of uh, Bindlestiff Studio. And now he runs uh, Chickaton Theater. Chickahan, yeah. Chickahan Theater. And he uh, he's also doing some work with uh, Rhinoceros. Oh, nice. So, Alan, happy birthday to you, or happy birthday, you know, beforehand. Yes, yesterday. Also yesterday, Lauren Hayes, I've acted with her. We were on stage when we did The Skin of Our Teeth, and she was the uh, ingenue. Happy birthday. Um, Allison Luderman, her birthday was two days ago. Yeah. (laughs) Musical Cafe, she wrote The Chain, and she's a fantastic poet. You're an amazing poet. Yeah, an amazing poet. Okay, let me get to the forwards. Um, so I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and one who graduated with me is a woman named Shantice Rodriguez, a beautiful uh, dancer. And uh, I don't know if she dances now, but uh, she's uh, back in D.C., so happy birthday to you, Shantice. Um, Once a dancer, always a dancer. Exactly. On the 24th, which is a couple of days from now, Marla Hatfield-Cox, who was in Musical Cafe. We did a musical called Nia, and she was the titular character, a fantastic black singer. And now she is mixing singing with healing. Oh. So she has a sort of a healing program thing going on. Yeah, music therapy. Yeah, yeah. music therapy. So happy birthday to you, uh, Marla. Uh, Ashley Smiley, you mentioned her. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, on the 25th, Priya Gayadine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to make you say that name. I sure wasn't. Right, there. exactly. <laughs> she is a fantastic, um, she has an interesting Comedian. history. She, um, she has, she's Indian uh, in origin, mm-hmm. but she grew up in Guyana, uh, spent time in uh, Canada, and then spent time in Maryland, <laughs> and then went to, to Brazil and did all sorts of uh television shows there right and then came to the bay uh you know had a son worked with us we did foreman in paris and now she has a thriving comedy career going yeah. on mm. so she's been all over the place mm. and she's just a fantastic uh, person happy birthday to you bria mm-hmm. and i think that is it um that's it uh shows your, your list is always better for me than shows um there's just a couple <laughs> i want to make sure on there do you have citizen yes i do okay and I was going to ask uh, you about playground. I think you were, were you, do, were you, did you participate I, in playground? I this did. Past I participated as audience because I had a job, so I couldn't do the rehearsals. Playground does Monday night playground third Monday of the month. Uh, if you haven't been, it's at Freight and Salvage. It is a treat. It is a joy. You get to see all kinds of amazing actors. Um, and if you've got some smart directors, <clears throat> they, um, they really, well, it's tricky yes. working script in hand. Yeah. And so knowing how to navigate that and yeah. knowing what's possible, yeah. there's always that actor possible, who says, yeah. oh, no, I could poss- I could totally grab that thing. And it's like, no, you can't. You need to have one hand on that script at all times. Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that was just last Monday and I just got to go and see it. Yeah, uh, Kimberly Ridgway had a piece in there. A wonderful piece. Yeah. I, I really want to check in with her about it because it was, uh, she did a piece about Medusa, which people, uh, the pre-story for mm. Medusa, mm. Uh, which people don't touch very much and it was it was really well done. It was really fun. It was very satisfying. Uh, we've got a playground um 
is the fiscal sponsor and I don't, I don't know what to the umbrella organization for um, uh, incubator companies there's a bunch of little companies that yeah, are there's coming playground up. LA and playground Chicago. well not just that no okay. these are here uh, sure. companies that are coming Chickahan is one I'm Oakland Public That's Theater right. is one right. um, yeah. there's analog I, I can't name all my I apologize but you can see them all in November mm-hmm. because we do a I think it's three weeks mm-hmm. um, it's at least two weeks of showcases for all of them so there will be i think there's at least one full production plan there's going to be some stage readings there's somebody is planning on doing a bunch of uh short things i'm not i'm not sure exactly what everybody each company is doing their own thing and Mm -hmm. we oakland public theater are doing on the 17th and 18th uh we're going to be doing another sneak peek of our james baldwin that's right uh, prepping for the centennial next year so uh, we're doing a piece i'm calling i am not your negro poet Mm. All right. No, that's going to be fantastic, and we'll we'll uh, showcase that. And hopefully, Reg is in that. I, did, did you get back to me on that? Uh, I emailed yesterday <laughs> or the day before. Uh, yes, and I will. Um, now you have one during the day. We'll talk. We'll okay, talk. we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mentioned Joel Knopf, so I have the actual reading here. So he was on episode sixty six of the A. He wrote a musical, The Last Ibex. The original cast recording is on Spotify, so check that out. Um. There are some shows going on. We've mentioned uh, Musical Cafe Showcase. That'll be at the Freight and Salvage in Berkeley, October the 29th and 30th. Uh, we have the link right there. And then there is a code. Um, the code again is... I'm sorry, I caught you off guard. MC Show 23. MC Show 23. And we'll have that there. So we'll put that in the link. And if you use that, you'll get a discount. So mm-hmm. please, by all means, check that out. The Central Rep at the Lesher Center of the Arts is doing The Legend of Georgia McBride. That'll be November the 4th through the 26th. Jet Presario is in it. Yep. Alan Coyne is of in course, it. Of course, Alan Coyne's in everything. He's in everything. <laughs> yes. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Carter is directing it. Yep. So uh, we have the links. So Joe she- Ayers is um, one of the lead characters. It, the, the cast is incredible. Mm. Oh, and Chris Steele um, was, I don't know, I don't know if it was dramaturg or just sort of consultant because they the show... The show is, it's a very happy show about a drag, what becomes a, a drag show. Um, mm. So this guy is an Elvis impersonator and mm-hmm. sort of finds himself in the world of drag. Um, it's it's neat. And it's set in Florida. It felt very Texas to me, but it's mm-hmm. the Florida panhandle. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I read the script and Elizabeth and I talked about it. And I was like, wow, this is... You know, given that Walnut Creek is a little more, you know, a little less edgy as some of the rest of the Bay Area. Well, good for them. It's a perfect, no, it's a perfect fit. I think everybody's going to have a good time that gets to see that. Chris is a musical cafe alumni. And uh, oh. everyone loves Chris. Chris is one of the most talented actors mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, that's awesome. So check that out. The Legend of George McBride. Central Works is doing The Engine of Our Disruption. Uh, that'll be October the 14th through November the 12th. Gary Graves is directing the show. He is also directing, uh, he's a dramaturg for one of the musical cafe things uh, as well. Nearby, yes. it, nearby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so by all means, check that out. And we're hoping to have the um, the writer of that uh, as our guest. I'm not sure if it's going to be our next guest, but mm-hmm. that'll be cool. Uh, Rent is uh, being played at the South Bay Musical Theater. The last show is tonight. Stephen McLeod and James Jones, they've both been on the A. They're in the show, so check that out. Also, the last show tonight, Fred Pitts, his one-man show, oh. Aren't You? 
For now. For now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be remounted yet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an awesome one-person show. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Conservatory Theater Center is doing We Are Continuous. That starts October the 20th, uh, yesterday, and it um, will end November the 26th. Sanjay West is directing it, ah. and Dr. Stephanie Johnson, who is a fantastic lighting uh, designer. black lighting designer, and she is involved in this project as well, so check that out. Uh, you just mentioned it, Citizen. That's at Z Space. Z Below, yeah. Z Below, yeah. October the 18th through November the 12th, Carolina Moronis is in that show. I'm hoping to go see it tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, also, L is in it. Uh, Duarte. Leticia Duarte. Leticia. Oh, yes. awesome. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that in. Uh, Echo Yamamoto is in uh, Disenchanted, the San Francisco play, <laughs> Dan Jose Playhouse. <laughs> the uh, uh, dark story or a, uh, a comedy of uh, Disney. The trip to Disney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so check that out. Uh, yeah, she's also, another one who just seems to be working. Exactly. Speaking of which, I'm she's, jealous. she is also in Sleeping Beauty, or will be when it uh, goes up at the Presidio Theater, mm. December the 1st through the 30th. Also, Sharon Shaw will be in that show as well. Wow. Uh, Nollywood Dreams is being played at San Francisco Playhouse. That's been playing since September the 28th, and it ends November the 4th. Angel Adedukin. And Tanika Baptiste mm-hmm. is in that show. And Margot Hall directed. Yep, exactly. Um, also, uh, we want to thank, we have another sponsor, uh, Charles Blades Barbershop. Uh, they, thank you for sponsoring the A. Charles Blades is located at 182nd Street in downtown Oakland. It's a very cool, relaxing place where you can get your hair cut, and they'll even serve you a complimentary drink. They're also selling men's hair products on their website, CBB Grooming Products dot myshopify.com they sell hair gels pomades shampoos and conditioners hop online give their products a try and support minority businesses like my man charles blades barbershop we want to thank them for sponsoring it's funny when you first every time you say that about the products i thought i think you're saying cbd CBB. <laughs> like, oh, this is CBB. Oh, okay, that's different. Charles Blades Barber, CBB. I, I, I have no I, idea I, what CBD I, is. You, you don't know what CBD is. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, right? I'm sure, you I'm sure not you'll know tell what me. CBD is. I'm sure you'll tell me. <laughs> there are a couple of podcasts. Don't just listen to ours, but uh, Barry Graves has a podcast called The Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Mallory Samara, our consulting producer, has a day job, KCBS Radio, and she has two podcasts that she produces. As prescribed, it's a weekly conversation with medical experts at UCSF Medical Center. And it's generational. It's a deep dive on how each generation looks at things differently. So there's that. Central Works has the Central Works Script Club. It's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright. Delivered semi-annually. And uh, our good friend Aaron Henney is the artistic director of Theater Dybbuk in L.A. And they have a podcast called The Dybbukast. Uh, it is a, a Jewish-themed uh, podcast. Uh, they uh, bring these creations in their historic context to life, all while revealing their relationship to issues still present today. <laughs> and last but not least, Bindlestiff has the Fobcast. Exploring Philippine-American immigrant stories, check out the Fobcast and any podcast app. And we have yay jerseys. We have white jerseys. We have black jerseys. Um, I think uh, Jamie, uh, did Jamie Greenblatt buy one? Or is, I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, but in any case, oh. we've had a lot of folks who uh, have bought uh, the A-Jersey. We want to thank you. Uh, it's $30, and uh, just hit me up, Venmo me, uh, and or, you know, uh, oh, who's that? T- Joe Turner's Come and Gone. Yes, that's how can I forget that? Joe Turner's Come and Gone is uh, being played at 
for um, they're calling lower bottom the BAM, players. <laughs> lower bottom players, and they're they're calling the space now the BAM House Cultural Center. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, those are next guests. <laughs> We're going to have ah, okay. two of those individuals who will be playing on. So yes, absolutely. But by all means, check that out. What what are the dates for that? Uh, November second to the twenty sixth. Yes. So def- most definitely check that out. That, I think that's the reason why I didn't have it on there because it's not November yet. But in any case, uh, by all means, Joe Turner's coming gone. They, they're doing a series of August Wilson plays. Right. So, any case, gentlemen, did you enjoy yourselves? Yes. Absolutely. Very Thank much. You so much. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, we did our good justice to you know promoting Musical Cafe and your pieces, and I hope that it prospers and grows, and people have a wonderful time. Thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, hope viewing to them. See you there. Yeah. 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 That'll be nice. I'll uh, do the best I can. Um, you're listening to us already. We're on the Apple Podcast. Tap that purple podcast on your iPhone or iPad. We're on Spotify. We're on Overcast. We're on SoundCloud. And now we're on the Amazon Podcast. You can go on music.amazon.com. Search for the A and you'll find us. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. I'm at uh, the red, reg.clay. Reg Space Clay. Sorry. I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Yeah, we're on Instagram. Um Gentlemen, do you have? Uh, an, you can go on musicalcafe.org, right? Um, but do you have a, like a social media that people can reach out to you directly? Actually, all I have at this point is uh, a website dedicated to this musical. So it's called Mountain MountainLionMusical.com. Okay. And how about you, Ray? Yeah, you can you can find us on uh, Facebook slash Werewolf Musical. Okay. And you can also find us on uh, on uh, YouTube. You can find our YouTube channel if you just search uh, Legend of the Werewolf Musical. There mm-hmm. was a film in 1975, so if you just say Legend of the Werewolf, you'll probably get that. Yeah. Uh-huh. But put in Legend of the Werewolf Musical, and you'll find us on YouTube. And there's a lot of nice. uh, videos and demos and so forth. Yeah. That are available there. And one quick question. Um, um, Richard, um, how do people? I'm sure there's someone's like, "Wow, I've got a little musical in my in my in my, in my soul." In my soul. <laughs> how do I get involved with Musical Cafe? Best way is to sign up for the PlayCafe.org. Go to go to that PlayCafe.org and sign up for a newsletter. We have a monthly newsletter that just lists a whole bunch of information, auditions, everything about everything that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the gate. There you go. Because, go ahead. I'd like to mention one more thing that I forgot to mention before. We have a GoFundMe campaign to hey, raise hey. Me, to raise money for the Legend of the Werewolf uh, project. It's okay. an ongoing GoFundMe. So if you go to GoFundMe and search out Legend of the Werewolf Musical Fund, mm-hmm. that's the actual name of the campaign. We'd really appreciate you stopping in and dropping us a few bucks. Absolutely. Yay. Legend of the Werewolf Musical um, Fund. Legend of the Werewolf Musical, Musical Fund. fund. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely push that. All right. Well, gentlemen, it is two twenty three. <laughs> so it's a wonderful Saturday afternoon. Huh? Twelve. Yeah, that's what I said. Twelve twenty three. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you said two. No, 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 no. Twelve. No, no, we didn't stay that long, although we could have. <laughs> Thank you so much. And as Norman and I always say, we, we gotta, gotta find, find a better, better sign off. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>